This is episode 27, how to engage the disengage in virtual learning. Welcome to Z-Rated Success, Success. the podcast to help educators and those who work with youth to help them succeed by standing out instead of fitting in. This This is Z-Rated Success, and this is Nick Zizi. Hey, Zebra Educator, I am super excited about today's episode, how to engage the disengaged. Do you have any disengaged students in your classes? Do you have any students who aren't showing up, who are no-shows, who are MIA, missing in action? Well, in today's episode, we're going to focus on online, the virtual space. How can we engage the disengaged I'm going to share with you some of uh, the best strategies that I learned from others, as well as have uh, research. I've scoured the net, the internet, looking at various articles and also uh, searching educator groups to see what other educators are doing. And I'm going to share with you the very, very best practices that I have found. And by the way, if you know of any other strategy that would be of added benefit to us educators, please let us know in our Facebook group, facebook.com groups forward slash zebra educators. Join the dazzle today. All right, let's get right down to it. Before we get to the solution, I want to speak about the problem. I mean, the problem is is severe. It is a grave problem right now. And many educators across the board have this frustration of getting our students involved, getting them engaged online. In fact, there are many students who are failing, and we'll get to that in just a moment. I read an article on uh, Ed Week's website, and that is edweek.org. And in the article, it talks about six reasons why students are not showing up. I'm going to just list four of those reasons with you. The first reason is no access, no access to internet, to computers, no access. The second reason is taking care of their siblings. Yes, that exists. That happens. I've had several students who uh, were taking care of their siblings. In fact, I had one student who was burping his baby sister during class. And I had to ask him, I said, what's going on? He said, well, my mother is out. She's at work. My father's not here. And I'm the only one here. I'm babysitting. And I said, great. I'm glad that you came to class. I I just do want you to stay focused if you can, but we'll work with you. I understand. And then we move on. So there are students who just won't show up because they're babysitting. We have to let our students know we will work with you. I, I just want you to show up. I want you to be here. I want you to do the work. So show up and we'll figure out a way to, to help you with whatever barrier, with whatever challenge that you may be facing. So again, uh, the second reason why students aren't showing up is that uh, they're taking care of their siblings. Another reason is bedlam, but no bedroom. Not everyone has a bedroom to themselves. If there isn't a quiet space where they are able to focus, perhaps it's just easier to not connect with their teacher at all. A th- Fourth reason why students aren't showing up is student teacher relationships. 
Some students are not connecting because they felt invisible while they were in the physical classroom. So they feel that they will not be missed in the virtual one. Additionally, some students just didn't find their teachers very engaging in person. So they aren't really concerned about engaging with those particular teachers online. These are the four reasons here why students are not showing up. So the next question that we should ask is, why are so many failing in remote learning? Why? Well, in Washington Post, there was an article that stated that in the vast majority of cases, remote learning is a poor substitute for in-person education. No matter what efforts are made, no matter how many teacher trainings are offered. In this article here, it stated that in Houston, the number of students with felling grades is exploding. In St. Paul, Minnesota, a high school student is almost as likely to be on track to fell a class as pass it. In the junior high and high schools of Fairfax County, one of the wealthiest counties in the country, one out of 10 students flunked at least two classes. And the number was almost double that for those with disabilities. Enrollment is falling in closed school districts from coast to coast and many points in between. Some children are exiting for private schools or private pods. Others are simply MIA. And of course, in the way it always works in the United States, minority and low-income students are feeling the impact the most even though their educational outcomes were already at risk. This is a grave issue. It, it's a major problem uh, that we, we have to figure out how can we navigate through these uncharted waters here and, and figure out how we can engage the disengage. Well, there are a few quick stories I want to share with you from what other educators are doing, and then I'll also share with you some of the best strategies that I was able to find. Dr. Simon, a school principal, said, when a student misses a day or a period, we are asking staff to reach out to family to ask, is everything okay? Are there any barriers we can assist you with? Kareem Farah, the executive director of Modern Classrooms Project, a nonprofit group that has trained more than 16,500 teachers over the last six months to make instructional videos for students said one key to keeping students engaged was offering as little live instruction as possible. Instead, he said, teachers should use online time for bonding with students. Pam Shearhan, who teaches fourth grade in a poor neighborhood of Columbus, Ohio, said that when the building closed last spring, she exchanged phone numbers with parents and called them if she did not see a student in online class or was not getting work from them. This fall, Ms. Shearhan plans to go further with home visits to welcome each student to her class and additional visits as the weeks go by to continue keeping tabs on them. She said, I think I can do this on their front lawns and keep a distance. I won't get to every student every week, but possibly visit five per week. That's just amazing that um, she would go the extra mile to 
engage her students to reach out to see how she can help them. I mean, that, that is amazing. Now, here are the three best strategies. I may repeat myself here, but I think it's important that I do. These are the three best strategies that I was able to find from my research. The first has a lot to do with you. It has a lot to do with you engaging your students in your class. So how can you become an engaging teacher? Well, student engagement may be influenced through the use of different pedagogical practices. So when you think about lecture, didactic learning, the teacher delivers instruction and the students are passive listeners. Also, there's student-driven learning, and that is a hands-on approach to learning through problem-solving and critical thinking. And thirdly, there's interactive or two-way learning. Students and teachers learn from each other. So as you can see here from these three different practices, there are some that are more engaging than others. So we know for sure that the didactic learning, the lecture, um, it's, it's, it's not the best. It's not the best way to go. So you want to uh, see how you can be a more engaging person, engaging teacher. Uh, by using the student-driven learning or interactive or two-way learning. And when you do that, you'll be able to engage the disengage in your class. Super important. The second strategy is engage students through their peers and friends. More than one district indicated that some teachers have been successful in contacting hard-to-reach students through their peers or friend groups. For secondary students in particular, enlisting students' help in reaching their peers via text message or social media has been successful, as has reaching out to groups of students who are friends and may be more likely to engage alongside their peers. And I've tried this many times during my class. If I notice that a student has missed one or two classes, I'll ask the students in my class, have you seen this person uh, in another class? And if you have, please let them know that I'm asking for them and I would like for them to come to class. And it, it works. It works. So engage students through their peers and friends. And thirdly, the third strategy is communicate with families. Yes, communicate with families, just as Ms. Uh, Shirhan did. You can get more engagement when you can reach out to the parents. You can call the parents. You can set up a Google Meet. You can set up a Zoom call. Or another educator shared that she uses the Reminder app to communicate with parents. So you may want to look at the Reminder app. I use Sycamore, the pass note feature where I send pass notes uh, to parents. And sometimes I'll email the parents. And if I can't reach them, either through pass the note or email, then I would call. And if I can't reach them then, then I would have to take it to the next step and do a home visit. Uh, so again, we, we've got to do whatever it takes to reach our students. Now, educators should be calling students' homes, talking to parents and students. We can post videos, host virtual meetings, as I stated. A daily vlog, oh, this one's good. A daily vlog is a great way to stay in touch. Students need reassurance that their teachers care. We have to work harder on that now 
than we did before because we don't have the face-to-face opportunities. So communicate with the families. Communicate, super, super important. In conclusion, the three ways to engage the disengage are become a more engaging teacher. Two, engage students through their peers. And three, communicate with families. I know it's a difficult time. I know it's a challenging time. But look, we have something super important that we're doing uh, because many students are failing, as I stated, and we can help uh, save many of these students who are disengaged and pull them in by going the extra mile. Perhaps you may not feel that you're getting paid enough to go the extra mile. Perhaps you may not feel like you're getting enough support to go the extra mile. But I want you to think about the students. Think about that student. Think about the young man, the young lady in your class who's disengaged, who's failing. I want you to go the extra mile for that young person and do whatever you can within your power to help them get back on track. Super important because, look, your work matters. And we know, and society knows for sure, parents know, the whole world knows how important teachers are, especially during this time, right? With with parents having to keep the kids at home and, and seeing what teachers deal with on a day-to-day basis, you matter. Your work matters. So go the extra mile for your students and know that it will go a long way in helping that student to get back on track and stay in school and stay focused. Thank you so much for listening to Z-Rated Success. I hope you learned something about standing out. If you are an educator who wants to get professional development or get a presentation for your students to build their self-esteem so that they do not follow the crowd, but know who they are to stand out, please send an email to info at nickzz.com so we can set up a time to talk. I would love to see about getting my speaking program, my best-selling books, or professional development in your school. Join the Dazzle today of educators from around the nation. Go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash zebra educators to join today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Nick Zizi, reminding you today that imitation is limitation. Unleash your zebra. If you've received value from today's podcast, make sure to subscribe and visit zratedsuccess.com for more tips and strategies that will help you stand out instead of fit in. Reminding you today to unleash your zebra. Unleash your zebra.